On this episode of The Copy Corner, the first one of 2022, myself, Terry Schilling, and Dan Marzullo answer the question, what is one significant thing that helped us scale our freelance writing business? So was it investing in a course, a community, a coach, lead generation strategy, content marketing strategy? What's that one big thing that helped us go from consistently hitting plateaus to consistently hitting revenue goals and working with clients who pay our rates and giving us projects that we enjoy working on? Um, And also stay tuned towards the end because we did go live on LinkedIn and we had a handful of people ask questions about freelancing, uh, working with clients, scaling their business. So a lot of questions and topics covered in this episode. Um, It's a really good one and thought it'd be really helpful for everybody who, you know, is starting their freelance career or, you know, really an experienced freelancer looking to take those next steps. So enjoy. Everybody, welcome back to the Copy Corner with your host, Terry Schilling, and someone who's been missing for the past few episodes <laughs> in a while. Uh, go ahead, reintroduce yourself, my friend. <laughs> Damn Arzulo, <laughs> we're back. Yeah, yeah, man, we're back. It's been a minute. We did some past episodes where I brought on some other guests to the show, but we're very happy that everybody is tuning in. We know the hundreds, thousands of you tuning in. Um, but no, we're happy to be back, come up with some really great topics to talk about. Uh, if this is your first time checking out The Copy Corner, this is a copywriting and marketing podcast where we share tips, insights, case studies. We do bring on guests to help you sell and write smarter. And today we're focusing really on the business side of things, uh, growing your freelance business. And really the question that we're going to answer is what's one thing that helped you scale your freelance writing business in today's episode? Uh, so let's jump right into it, Dan. What would you say is the one thing that helped you scale? Yeah, Terry, sure thing. I think the most important thing was, you know, developing a repeatable, scalable lead gen process, right? Okay. Um, finding a way that works to get clients and going all in on that, optimizing it and scaling it to the capacity that you can with that channel and making it repeatable so that you know when you need new business or you want to grow, you just run the play, right? You do that same thing uh, to bring in the new business. I think a lot of um, early freelancers, consultants, they just kind of try to throw spaghetti at the wall. They'll try this on Monday, that on Tuesday, and they just kind of all over the place with their client acquisition strategy. And then they kind of get nowhere because it's not repeatable. They haven't found something that worked that they can do over and over to grow the business. That's kind of my biggest um advice for this one terry yeah well i'm I'm curious too dan what what does some of that lead generation process look for you because i'm sure you've like you said you probably went through your phases of throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing and offering different things but what kind of changed for you and where where do you spend the time of getting leads yeah for sure and i like you said i think it right at first you got to figure out well what's going to work right test out some different channels and then once you find something that works um, yeah. scale it and grow it. For me, that's been uh, cold email, right? Like building okay. an email funnel strategy and just running that and putting new people into that funnel every week. That's been kind of the most um, effective thing for me. You know, before a lot of that was LinkedIn and then with the new LinkedIn limits and everything that they're cracking down on, that's mm-hmm. not as viable as a channel for me anymore. So I've really focused on just scaling up my email strategy. Yeah, no, good idea. And you know, you and I were mentioning this a little bit before we hit recording, recorded, and it it's just like a lot of times we spend time on one avenue, right, and it's working well, and then we just feel like we can jump to another and make it work for us. But you were saying working with your business coach 
it just really helped you focus on one thing that you do well and, and just right. and even invest more time and energy in that. Absolutely. That's, you know, and I think even knowing that you tend to go, oh, this is kind of working. Let's explore some other things. And that's something he's really helped me refocus in on is like, hey, you know, really get this channel to where it's saturated first before you start exploring other options and, yeah. and channels for sure. But what about you, Terry? What's Absolutely. kind of your biggest yeah. advice here? Yeah, great, ad great advice there, Dan. And, and for me, the thing like even when I started, I was on you know, Elance before it was Upwork. So then still getting things on Upwork. And that's not the answer to my question is like the thing that helped scale my business. It was really just investing time and energy in my resources into creating content, you know, and, you know, we talked about, I was just trying to see what stuck with, with people and what I enjoyed doing, what made sense within my time and what was getting some ROI and bringing in leads. And just the more consistent I got on really creating content on LinkedIn and then even on Twitter, like those two channels I spend a lot of time on. And that just really helped get my name out there and people see me. I like consistently found topics that I enjoy and then I know what I'm talking about. And I'm just thinking like, who's my target audience? Who can this advice help? Whether that's they get something free for me, which is great. They can use that in their business and in their marketing. But then when they're ready to even dig on a bigger project, who will they think of? I want them to think of me because I've been out there and I've been creating all this content. So having that consistent content strategy where I want to post, you know, different copywriting tips or try different new theme ideas throughout on LinkedIn, Twitter, do some carousel post, maybe on Instagram too, uh, just where I can spend my time the best and not feel completely burned out. Right. But <laughs> I think just creating content and like putting myself out there on video and doing some, you know, photos and creating those things really is what helped me compared to like trying to get all these cold emails trying to go to these job board sites. I think what really flipped the script for me was creating that, you know, free content. And that just helped me bring in some inbound leads that way really was. And which in turn flipped around and like helped me grow a community. I think that's one thing both of us can attest to Dan. Like one other thing that can help you scale is just investing in a community, whether you pay for like a paid writing group or whether you just join some Facebook groups or Slack groups and, or just engage with like Twitter chats on Twitter or something like that. But I think the more people you meet in the freelance community, you know, the more you realize people start out where you are, people are willing to help. And there's a lot of resources out there too. Yeah, for sure. And you've been a perfect example of, of a heck of a community builder, Terry. I mean, for all those listening, go check out your Facebook group. I mean, you've been growing that you're getting a lot of Appreciate traction it. and eyeballs. And so, yeah, if anybody yeah. goes to any of your channels, they'll see that you're practicing that in every way for sure. Yeah, I try to include people and have some fun with it. Got the newsletter too, but um, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's such helpful and actionable advice too of just getting yourself out there. Um, real quick, Dan, because we are going live. I know you have people listening to the audio and they recorded for the podcast. We are live on LinkedIn and YouTube, so we had some questions come up. Oh, Actually, awesome. on LinkedIn, we have Marcus uh, Lorang watching in. What's up, Marcus? Can you repeat about the LinkedIn limits that you talked about? Because you yeah. said you recently switched from LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm curious about that too. Yeah, no, this is a great question, Marcus. So um, I'll have to find an article to link to these exact limits, but they cracked down, oh man, probably four months ago now. Um, before, you know, you could send several connection requests every single day. Now they've capped it and they might have even lowered this even more since since I've found out about this. But mm. before it was, 
you couldn't send more than a hundred connection requests a week. So they are really throttling that because, you know, a lot of people are just getting spammed all these connection requests. So LinkedIn was trying to find a way to filter that for quality. Yeah. So you really, the amount, the number of people that you can reach out to, um, isn't really unlimited anymore. Right. Which is why for me as a channel, I've kind of leaned more into cold email because you can go higher volume and reach out to a lot more people without having those same limits. So that, that was kind of a huge mix up for LinkedIn. I'd say about four months ago where they said, Hey, um, you know, we're going to cap you at this. And once you go over that, we're not going to let you send any more connection requests until the week restarts. So that's what happened there. Yeah. And I'm curious, what do you, do you use a tool to like gather emails from like the internet and from people from like reliable, like even leads, like when you do cold email? Yeah. So not anymore. I used to use some different software to help kind of enrich data. Um, but at this point it's, um, finding a list of prospects yeah, uh, and then using some freelancers on Upwork or or some place like that to go out and do the research and find the contact info cool. for each of those individuals. So kind of building those lists with people like that. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome, Marcus Chenvek. Thanks, guys. Compliance is important. Appreciate your help. No, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus. Great thanks question. for tuning in and watching along. Yeah. Awesome. You know, great advice, especially just with the lead generation. You know, a lot of us talk about is cold email. Should I be doing that? And I think it's still, you know, super reliable. And I think when you're doing that, just don't come in and ask a question right away of just like, hey, can you hire me? Are you looking for freelancers? Like I would just if you go in that approach, like have a connection already in place there where like you talk to them before, but you flatter them first. Talk to them about something maybe that like, hey, I noticed your website. I really liked what you did here. I saw your video. Um, just real quick to you, Dan, like what would be some advice when you're reaching out for cold emails? Yeah, keep it super short, right? People are, I mean, they, yeah. they, you get bombarded in the inbox, right? So don't come up with some super elaborate essay that they're just going to delete. Keep it short and show credibility, like right out of the bat. If you can say, hey, I've worked with X, Y, and Z, you know, we've helped them do X, Y, and Z, that's going to catch their attention and go, oh man, all right, credibility, cool. Who is this guy, Dan? Let's see what he has to say. Let's jump on a call, right? So if you can yeah. keep it short, establish credibility, and you're offering something that they need, right? They're going to get on a call with you and see if you can help them. So that's kind of my biggest thought. Yeah. There. Okay. Awesome advice. Got one more question coming in, everybody. This is great. This is great for all the listeners and watchers there. Uh, Poria Basmara, hopefully I said your name somewhat correctly. If I didn't, I apologize. But Hey guys, could you share some insights into overcoming procrastination? That's something I guess many freelancers experience. Um, yeah, I'd say 100%. We all experience procrastination of, you know, oh, I have time. I can get this done. The client isn't emailing me right now. Maybe I have a little <laughs> bit more time. Um, I don't know, Dan, what would you say? Help, help overcome procrastination. Yeah. The first thing that comes to my mind on this is, uh, you know, reverse engineer, well, why are you procrastinating, right? Usually mm. in my mind, if you're procrastinating, it's because you don't want to do something because you don't enjoy that type of work, right? So figure out why do I not want to mm. do this first and then figure out what you need to do to overcome that. Because that's kind of been my experience. If there's something that I'm not excited about, it usually means I need to shift something in my business because I'm either not passionate about that component and I need to outsource it or it's something that we need to eliminate altogether. So for me, if you're not fired up and excited to tackle it, you're not into it, which means you need to make a change there. That would be my thought. What about yeah. you, Terry? Oh, man. I feel like I can't give a better answer than that, to be honest, because I really <laughs> I just, I really like that of reverse engineering it, something that even I'll try. 
I'll I'll tap into something too of just really looking to measure where you have the most energy throughout the day. And I have to and I have to admit this is something that came in more enlightened to me from my wife Selena, who has really like tracked of like times in the day of when she feels that like she has the most like energy to complete a task. So the morning she may have less time, but she may have but she'll have more energy. So she'll look into doing it there. Cause I just feel like sometimes in the morning I'll get like I'll accomplish something by writing in my journal and then feel like I'll have a little bit more time than to reward myself to do something else. And so then yeah. I just other tasks will just get on the back burner and then just feel like, oh, I'll get it done later. So just trying to focus on where you have the energy in your day to get like a specific task done. And even if it's working on it for like 40 minutes and you feel like you accomplished something big is like a part of like a project. And then you can maybe take a break, then approach it tomorrow, the next day, instead of just trying to pile it all on at one point in time as well. But I think that's, that would yeah. be my, that would be my best advice. No, that's great. Yeah. I like that one too, for sure. Yeah. Man, we are getting a lot of questions on LinkedIn here. This we got is another awesome. one from Landoff. This is so yeah. Hi guys, how do you provide value to your target audience with your content? Personally, how do you showcase your expertise while providing insane value? Good question, Landoff. Yeah, Dan, I can start yeah, with ahead. this one because sure. this is a little bit more about like it kind of feels more aligned with what I talked about with the content strategy. Mm -hmm. Um, how do you provide value to your target target audience with your content? I think the biggest thing is remembering what's in it for them and what problem like are they like seeking to solve and so a big big part of that even before you think about like writing something is doing some listening of like who your audience is um looking at like all right what type of service can i offer like for me i offer website copy so i look at what problems and what people are struggling with from copywriting standpoint so i could be like here's four formulas to write a headline for your website or for your landing page. Like here's advice of how to add testimonials to your website, things like that, that can help them get value where they can just read that right away. It's actionable. Maybe it's one small, quick, you know, like tweak that they can make on their website. But the key is really just listening and, you know, ahead of time of figuring out like what they need help with and then how you can, you know, deliver that, you know, with, uh, with your content and don't just make it like, all about yourself just have some empathy for them too with it and just how you know that you can help them and uh yeah i would just say that and like personally showcase your expertise you could start with something of like i've written over 200 websites in the past year here's one thing i see that like help get you know high converting headlines like and that just gives like back and shows like your value or i guess your expertise that you've done this it's giving some social proof as well maybe start with a testimonial from a client client said this about their website. Here's three things that we did on their project that helped them get, you know, 10 new leads, something like that. And other people can find that valuable as well. Um, yeah. But yeah. That'd be, that'd be the way I answer that. Any, anything else you'd like to say there, Dan? Yeah. Pretty much just playing off your thing, Terry is like, it's going to be value. You know, what questions are your audience asking that you're answering, right? That's how it's going to be most valuable. Um, is if I'm trying to learn something and get information about something and you answer those questions, to me, that's going to be incredibly valuable. But to the next yeah. guy who already knows those things or isn't searching for help on that, um, that's not going to be as valued, valuable to them, right? So knowing your audience, like you said, Terry, and figuring out what questions are they asking. If I'm a homeowner trying to keep my sod alive and I'm looking and finding landscapers yeah. that are saying, you know, water it more or whatever. To me, that's going to be incredibly valuable because you just helped me solve my problem. 
but to the next guy who already knows that that's not valuable content, but they're not your audience. So that's kind of, that's kind of my two cents on this one. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Oh, cool. Landoff. Thanks for the question. Um, Andre just asked kind of a follow-up with that. Any social media groups, or where we can find those problems to solve with our free uh, content, specifically for copywriting. Um, I'll plug mine, the Copy Co-op, Andre. If you go in there, you can ask questions there. Um, there's some Slack groups. If you can just research, like research articles of like top marketing, marketing copywriting um, Slack groups that you can go go into. Like one thing that I like is like look up topics on like YouTube. Like if you're writing a certain subject find some of those top videos from those creators of like asking questions and answering them in their video and look at comments. Cause a lot of people like those ones that get a lot of views, they'll have a lot of comments and they'll have people then really just chime in and ask questions like, Hey, could you do a video on this? Or they'll say, this is such a helpful topic because I've been struggling with X, Y, Z. And like there, if you listen to those comments, then you can really like flip around and start creating content really that way. Just answering a simple question on that. Um, but any other yeah. specific groups, maybe Dan, that you can think of? The thing that comes to my mind for this would be use Google, right? If you go in and you search out some kind of question around this topic, scroll to the bottom, right? Where it says related mm -hmm. searches and it'll show you all the other top oh, questions around that. The people are actually searching according to Google, right? Which have the highest volumes and search terms. So I would use that too yeah. to get some ideas if, you know, going back to my sod example, you know, how mm -hmm. often to water your sod, scroll to the bottom and see what other questions people are asking around sod yeah. and then build content around that. Yeah, no, absolutely. And if, if you go on Twitter and even if you type in the hashtag like marketing Twitter or just look up like look up a variety of different chats and Twitter spaces there in the marketing space, like around content, there's like freelance chat every Thursdays. Um, there's pop chat, which talks about pop culture and marketing on Fridays at noon central time. That's really great to get involved in. Um, those are two big ones that I would highly recommend um, on Twitter to kind of get gauge what other marketers, what other problems that they're struggling with and everything like that. Um, but yeah, yeah awesome. so Andre, thanks. Landoff, uh, awesome guys. Thanks for inspiration. <laughs> and then he said, answer the public is also a gold mine. Yeah, that's yeah, a really definitely. good resource. Uh, that's free. You can, I think you can only do a certain amount of searches a week or maybe a day. I forget, but yeah, I don't it remember. is really good because it does show up like top searching questions and phrases that you can use. Like if you look up like website copywriting, they like break it down of like how to questions, why, what, um, whenever I'm like starting an article and just want like some basic foundation and research, I start with answer the public majority of the time just to get some gauge of what people are searching for. So uh, yeah. yeah, Landoff, thanks. Great. Thanks tool. so much. Andre, thanks, Terry, um, and Dan, of course. Yeah, so great. Andre, yeah, appreciate it, man. And yeah, let's wrap it up there. Approaching 20 minutes on this topic. I love how it turned into multiple questions and yeah, things that we could talk awesome. about. So, And all these can really help you scale your freelance businesses, which the topic was today. That one thing that helped uh, you know, Dan and I scale. Hopefully, this is inspiring, motivating for everybody watching and listening along. Um, but yeah, thanks, everybody. Any Anything else, Dan? No, that's it. Thanks everybody for tuning in and all the awesome questions today. It was great to get to riff on that. Yeah. Yeah. appreciate it. If you guys are listening on the podcast, we are really search copy corner again, wherever you listen, find us on Apple, rate us, review us. And I think on Spotify, you can start doing that now. So anytime you guys can spread the love and, and let us know what you think 
uh, we really appreciate it. But we're going to be having some guests lined up for the show. It's kind of a new format with the Copy Corner moving forward. We're going to have, um, you know, some fun and with everything. And again, we appreciate everybody listening. So yeah, guys, have a good day. Talk to you soon. <laughs>